Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the First and Fifteen Podcast. I'm Joel Pulliam, and like I always say, the first comes from the First Amendment, the right to free speech, and the fifteenth comes from the Fifteenth Amendment, which is the right to vote. You know, I was uh, reading a report last week uh, about the economy, and look, on this show I'm always going to be honest, whether it's good or bad. Uh, overall, you know, if we look at the, the metrics you go by, unemployment's gone down in the last year so as uh uh inflation has eased up a little bit still too high but i think everybody acknowledges that but there is improvement um so you can't deny that but on the flip side you know with the honesty uh thing uh black unemployment has gone up the last two months and i believe in the last month 90 percent if i'm not mistaken according to bloomberg 90 percent of all lost jobs were from black people and so that shows that again the rising tide doesn't always lift all boats and that's something specifically um the administration needs to pay attention to is is that black unemployment number and it also goes to show that um while things have somewhat gone back to normal normal isn't good enough nor has it ever really been good enough and that shouldn't be the barometer you know that shouldn't be the metric we use of okay can we get back to normal that because normal wasn't good for everybody um especially those from marginalized communities black workers and latino workers and the disabled um because beneath the the hood and on the ground level workers are still struggling and it's not just because of a particular administration it's because they've always struggled throughout America. I mean, well, I'm I'm not even going to count slavery because that that's at a whole another arena by itself. But since slavery, workers, especially black ones, they haven't benefited at all. Um, so, again, it's not just a one president thing. This is American history. It's, it's not uh, confined to a four year term, right? It's uh, it's the story of capitalism in general in this country. Uh, the worker has suffered every single time. And so the point of today's podcast is to look at it through the perspective of the people who are thought to have to be at the bottom when it comes to the economy. Those who do the jobs that makes this this country go, you know, from from the truck drivers to the to the loaders to the dishwashers, those who work at in food service. The people who make this country go round. Like, uh, I know you guys have seen workers' rights have really been in the news lately. Um, obviously, the you know, the 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 writer strike is an instance. And I, I wouldn't say those aren't people who are struggling, like, in terms of, like, they're not the dishwashers and, you know, the janitors and things like that. But they, too, are deserving of, of, of pay and security, financial security and and the human rights as workers so you know i'm standing solidarity and i think the the strike with the actors started uh today so you know i i'm, I'm rooting for them but the bigger one is ups and uh i believe that it's july 31st is the date that the union and then ups itself have to come to an agreement or three up to three hundred and forty thousand UPS workers will go on strike. 
And what they're asking for, they're basic things. Like they want better pay. Seemingly that things cost more. Uh, they, they want higher wages. Um, they're also like the safety and health concerns. If I'm not mistaken, I don't even think uh, the drivers of trucks have uh, air. And <laughs> in the South, you know, that's a problem. So uh, and that's crazy how they've never gotten them air. Um, and also uh, stronger protections against like harassment on the job. And like, so that could be sexual harassment. That could be verbal harassment, um, bullying, all these things. There aren't really protections in place in, at UPS. And the reason I know is because uh, my brother and I, we actually worked at UPS for a while. Um, and it was part time and it was during Christmas season. It started in Christmas season, which is the toughest part of the year. So we were able to see just all that workers go through. And to be honest, where the positions we were in, which were like loaders, that's like at the bottom level. You know, I was in between jobs. Um, you're looking for some extra money during the holiday season. You know, uh, I mean, it gets tough out here. And so, you know, we decided to sign up. Uh, but I'm not sure we were ready for what we had to do. Uh, and so I, I do want to shine a light on all that goes on and how workers are treated very poorly. Um, it started out like I think my first day I had to go up there at midnight and we well I worked the first day my brother started the next day so I worked there from midnight till around 10 a.m and <laughs> it is it is that's the toughest some of the toughest work you can do um and I'm look I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity we both are so I'm not saying it to like shun the entire thing but there are a lot of bad things that went on and what's funny is that, you know, I, I talked to my mom about a lot of stuff and, you know, she was like, sometimes you, you, you go through things just to see a perspective and that you can shine light on things like this. So uh, hopefully we can speak up for people who are still there, who are doing the much needed work that, that again, if there are no loaders, there are no trucks. And if there are no truck drivers, you're not getting your packages. Um like I said, I will wake up and here's the great part. It wouldn't be a set time. This is the terrible thing about the part time thing at UPS. They would literally have you. And I'm pretty sure if you worked full time as a preloader, it's the same thing. We would get there at midnight, but the next day it'd be 1.30. Uh, or the next day you come at 12.45 in the morning. Next day, hey, don't come till 4. And basically the reason they did that, they said, was because they didn't know the amount of packages they would get in day in and day out, which is crazy. You still don't want people having to wake up three hours before and then three hours later the next day. And I'm going to tell you, to be honest with you, there would be days we would get there early. And even if you get there early and there are other people there, they'll send you home. You don't get paid. You you drove. So we drive like 15 minutes, 20 minutes. And you would drive up there, waste your gas. And then they send you back home. And it's just that instability. No worker should have to go through that. I'm sorry. To where you don't know what, if your hours are getting cut. It was the worst to not know like, oh, are you going to work this week? Are you going to work these days or not? You show up and no one else shows up. And it was just 
set hours should be like a human right for people who work seriously because you just can't function or plan your day around it. I remember also we wouldn't even get breaks. So like, you know, I like you would have like maybe a, a break, a 10, 15 minute break. Hey, everybody go outside or, you know, I don't smoke, but, you know, like a smoking break or like, hey, you know, you can go eat. It was none of that. Like you can ask to go to the bathroom. Sure. But you would stand on your feet for like eight, seven, eight hours every day, you know, and, and, and again, I, I just, I think every worker should have the ability to take a break at work. I ain't saying like we got to just, you know, party or something, but standing and doing hard work like that, because we were lifting boxes. So basically the boxes would come down, you know, they'd be stacked up. These were like 25 pound boxes, 10 pound, some 50 pound. I remember one time, like my brother, he had to lift toilets, like a, a metal door. Um, like I think one time he said like 90 boxes of, of, of paper that blocked up the whole system. And, you know, I can speak for myself and both of us, the tires, we would have to like lift six tires at a time. And all this stuff is without dollies, right? Like you would, like when you move from your house, you get a dolly, like you go to you all, they're going to give you a dolly. Wouldn't even allow us to get dolly. So we're lifting stuff sometimes without gloves. I smashed my finger, uh, twisted my ankle. Uh, what's funny is that what really led me to leave was that um had actually pinched a nerve in my shoulder uh and so I couldn't come back and so they let me go my brother actually got fired because I had hurt my knee and I couldn't drive the car and you know it's it's my car and so you know I was just gonna go the next day well they texted my brother didn't call him texted him and said hey we're not gonna move you any further so that's how they treat you if you're part-time um the 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 worst part at least the part that that hit me the hardest is just how workers were treated and how the system is right you realized that a lot of the people who were given the lowest job they were immigrants who didn't know um they weren't fluent in english a lot of people with there are people with intellectual disabilities um and, and not saying that the system, no, the system takes advantage, right? They can keep them in that position because they know that for a lot of these people, they won't um, complain. They won't uh, cause an uprise. They won't, you know, go and, and file a suit or, you know, for, for, for uh, how they're treated. And that hurt me because... I hate to see people get taken advantage of. Like hardly any white people worked at that spot. It was either black or Latino or I saw a few Asian people and people with intellectual disabilities, people who, you know, um, there are some people who, who had drug problems and it's like, it feels like a vicious cycle. Hey, you're going to stay in this position and they would talk to people any type of way, yell at them, be like, hey, wouldn't even look at you and snap at you to go over there. Look, again, I talked about it. I am non I try to be nonviolent with people or, you know, get upset, but I don't like people. You're just not going to talk to me any type of way. I, I didn't like even that. And to do that to people that, you know, 
won't come back at you. There's just something wrong with that. And we're not even get to the pay. You know, I think at first we got paid. I want to say, what, Blake, what did we get paid? I think for the Christmas season, we got paid like 24 plus time and a half. And I think it was like for five hours. And then after that, the time and a half. But uh, again, we didn't always work five hours. Like some, like a lot of days, yeah, it was seven, eight hours. Sometimes they cut it to four hours if it wasn't a lot of people or they send you home. So it wasn't like, a, a, but it was, it was like, okay, this is suitable. Now, once the Christmas season is over, the beginning of January, it goes back to $18 and the hours get cut. So it's $18 an hour and, and you at max working five hours a day and five. And here's the crazy part. For the five hours, they're fitting in the same amount of packages, just about what they were doing when they were giving you like seven, eight hours. Right. So they're trying to I'm going to pay you less. So I'm going to give you more work in a shorter span of time. That's wrong. Right. That and, and you're doing it to people that, you know, don't have other options. And I think there's something sick about that. And a year before, I think my brother told me that, like, they had brought it down after Christmas season to $15 an hour. And so they went on strike. And think about that. $15 an hour. Do you think that's a livable wage? $15 an hour? If, if we're being honest. Like, as a listener, like, think in your mind, what do you think it's a livable wage? Do you think it's $12 an hour? you think it's 13 Do you think it's 15 Do you think it's 18 how about 20? Actually, according to MIT, the livable wage, like when you take into account like geography in the cost of food and child care and housing and health care in different states, it's $25.02 an hour. And that's the bare minimum to have a living wage. That means you can you can live a comfortable life and not have to worry about being on the streets. You don't have to worry about transportation. 25 a little over 25 dollars an hour and that blows my mind because guess what the 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 minimum wage is in this country it's seven dollars and 25 cents an hour right we have not changed that in years and actually in 2021 we tried to pass like a 15 dollar minimum wage and that didn't get through because obviously you had a republican party they're they're anti-worker human rights and so they weren't ever going to vote for you know, raise the minimum wage. But you had eight, disappointingly, eight Democratic senators who weren't going to vote for for a hike in the minimum wage. And that's just, it's cowardly and disappointing. And you also had the filibuster, right? Um, the 60 vote threshold needed to pass things. And the filibuster, I've talked about it before. I think Democrats 2024, they need to run off of, they're going to kill the filibuster because it's upheld even things like voting rights, but especially... A, a federal minimum wage increase because 725 is ridiculous and there are some states that don't have a minimum wage that's the crazy part like in the south there's certain states that don't have a minimum wage you can pay anybody whatever and, and with that 725 minimum wage here's the thing uh, a lot of people also don't know is that 1.1 million workers earn wages at 725 per an hour or below so over a million workers either make seven dollars and 25 cents or below that that's insane and that's accounting for a 40-hour work week 
which some people don't get. In 52 million workers, or 32% of all workers, make less than $15 an hour. So think about that. A livable wage is about $25 an hour, according to MIT. But 32% of workers earn less than $15 an hour. And there, there might be people who are listening like, well, that's the, you know, you get what you deserve. You know, you work at McDonald's, you should. Here's the thing. If those people aren't loading those trucks, like I said before, no, no packages get delivered. That means to hospitals, to everywhere. You don't get food delivered to the grocery store. If they're not stalkers, you're not getting the food to the shelves. If they're not cashiers, how are you buying them? If they're no janitors, everything would be a mess. These are people who make the world go round. And as a human being, everyone deserves a livable wage. And if you can disagree with that, I'm going to be honest. You need to rethink your morals. You need to rethink everything about your life and what you hold dear and what priorities you have. And remember, without those people who make the minimum wage... Without those people who make the $7.25 an hour, who make a $15 an hour, you don't get the things you need. Like even if you look past the moral argument, logically, this country will fall apart without those workers. And so while I was frustrated on the job and frustrated with the things I saw and how I was treated, I'm thankful in the sense of that it gives you an insight into how, what people are going through and that people are really struggling out here. And like I said, while the economy on the outside, on the metrics outside, like on the surface, it's getting better. The status quo in general is not good for people and especially black people. And, and, and that's why, you know, there's a need for unions. All right, I, growing up, I grew up in, you know, I was born in Michigan, but I grew up in South Carolina. That's a right to work state, meaning that there is no, there are no, there are no unions. You don't have a right to unionize. That, that's not happening. And so think about in those states. There are states that have no minimum, right? No minimum wage, no floor of a minimum wage, and you don't have a right to unionize. So what do you think is happening to those workers? And, and so, yes, I, I, I'm 100% behind unions and, and getting, you know, the Workers' Bill of Rights and, and getting what you deserve as a human being, as an American, as a human being, worldwide, workers should have a Bill of Rights. Um, it's just basic human decency. Uh, and and, I, and I'm not going to, you know, gloss over when it comes to unions. I do also have to acknowledge that even with unions, black people have had trouble. Even if you go back to Reconstruction, right, after Reconstruction ends, black people, they weren't accepted by unions like unions would go out of the way to protect rich white people before they would protect black people like the 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 afl the american federation for labor weren't accepting black people like black people were not included in unions for the most part for like 100 years they eventually had to make like i think it was called like the colored national labor union where they all met and you know tried to get you know, protections for black workers. Uh, and it really wasn't until like a eight Philip Randolph, right? He's someone who's famous. He's a part of that, that famous group with Martin Luther King and John Lewis and Roy Wilkins and people like that. Um, 
he actually was first known for for helping organize the Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters for like Pullman Porters. And that's probably the first time that black people were really able to unionize. I believe it was like close to 18,000 of them in the union. I think somewhere around that number. Uh, and so, again, the relationship early on between unions and black people wasn't really strong. And I, I just didn't want to like gloss over that history because I'm always going to tell the truth about the history of things. And um, I like to see, and, and this is also the problem is like most black people live in right to work states. So that offer that, that that's a problem to where the people who need it the most, who need that union protection the most aren't even allowed to unionize. Like there's a lot of structural problems within this country that we have to address and i just hope with the podcast that the listener looks through the lens through the eyes of someone who has to work at these jobs that others might find lower level or beneath them first of all there's no job beneath anyone um and every every job you deserve you know your rights as a human being you deserve respect uh and and so i hope that we i just feel like if we just all look through the eyes of other people and marginalized people and those who are downtrodden, this world could be a better place. And I know it sounds cliche, but it really is true. And so like going back to my experience with UPS, it, it showed how vicious the cycle is, is that you'll work and be exhausted and so exhausted that you can't even enjoy life. And you go back to work at like 1 a.m. and the cycle continues over and over you don't even get time to break free of the cycle, right? The only way for you to advance in life is to advance through UPS. And I'm not sure that's everybody's dream or goal. Like you're so tired, you can't even enjoy your family. You're so drained, you can't enjoy life. And, and, and you don't get paid enough to where now you can't even breathe air. You're always treading water. You're always like, okay, what are my bills? Do I even have enough to do this, to do that today? And no human should ever live like that. And there'll be people like, oh, well, I don't believe in communism, whatever. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm saying I just want everyone to be able to live a, 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 a full life. Like, think of this. The people who help feed millions of people, they're struggling to eat. Like the people who, who are struggling to, to keep their lights on, they're the ones helping keep everyone else's lights on. They're, like there's no justice in that. Like, oh, I'm helping to stock shelves so that everyone else can have a good meal, but I'm barely taking $12 home a day so I can feed my own family. And then this is how that, that cycle of poverty starts. And for people who've never been poor, it's a vicious cycle to where what you have to do to get out of it only entrenches you more in poverty. And so it's like the things you have to do to move out of, 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 of minimum wage jobs, it keeps you in a minimum wage job. There is no lateral movement when it comes to this economy. Like that whole, you know, a dream of what they thought America was, that doesn't exist. Because... You can't move laterally unless you start out good, a degree, you know, you know people. You're not moving 
outside of the, the tax bracket that you're in for the most part. And to me, that that's an indictment on a country. And that there is no American dream. Or if there is one, it's, it's an it's a individualistic dream. One where people who aren't white and people, especially people who look like me, they ain't a part of it. They're not a part of it. And, and, and we need, it also goes to, to what I always thought is that in these movements or, you know, when we're fighting for people, you need more people who have this real life experience. Because I think sometimes in politics or even in the nonprofit sector, we have people who are at the top or who make decisions who've never had to worry about bills. They never had to worry about what they're going to eat. They never had to worry about where they're going to live. They never had to worry about if their car is going to get repossessed. They've never had to worry a day in their lives. If you don't have that real life experience, how do you even know how to fight for somebody? You don't have that sense of urgency because you've never had to have it. And, and so hopefully with this podcast, we can highlight the experiences of people who who are downtrodden in the society, those who are marginalized, those who are offcast, those who aren't listened to. That's the main point. And, and workers, especially minimum wage, low wage workers, are some of the most overlooked people in society. And so hopefully with this podcast, it gives you a new perspective. And, and it gives you something else to think about when it comes to voting, when it comes to your politics, about workers' rights and the rights of marginalized people. Because the, the food you're eating today was brought to you by those very same people. Your house was probably built by those same people who don't get paid very often or very much. So it's just something to think about. And, you know, it, it's something to always be maladjusted, which is the word of the day. Maladjusted just means that you're, you're never going to normalize something. Dr. King talks about it. It is always going to bother you. So the way workers are treated, especially low-wage workers, we should always be maladjusted about it in any injustice around this country. And, and policy will be important when it comes to solving this. I believe in raising the minimum wage. And that's something in 2024 we really need to push. That every worker should be assured. If a livable wage is $25, $15, come on, y'all. That's, that's nothing compared to that. And we can't even get that. That needs to be something we specifically push for. And next year's elections. We need a workers bill of rights. We need you know. Every state needs to be able to unionize. But that that federal minimum wage. Would not only would it help people at the bottom. It would help the economy. Just in general. Like even if you wanted to set it morally aside. Like morally it's the right thing to do. But it's just more people to buy stuff. If you just want to go from like a strictly. Logical point. So. Remember that that minimum wage bill? It might even be on because some states have actual referendums during an election to where you can vote directly in your state on it. So be on the lookout for that. But I also want to say this. Um, the same empathy that we give to the actors and writers that are on strike right now, and rightfully so, because it's, it's a just cause. We need to give that and, and that and even more to to the paycheck to paycheck workers who work those minimum wage jobs who are working for $12, $7 an hour. We need to, to give that same support. Even for those who aren't unionized, we need to give them the same support nationwide and worldwide. And um, with that being said, I want to thank you for listening and uh, 
please subscribe if you can. We're just trying to reach as many people as possible. I'm not a podcast guy, but this is one of the avenues I can use to reach people uh, and and to help amplify voices. Um, And just remember this one thing, that there's nothing wrong with being upset because passion only means one thing, that you're still alive. God bless.